What's up, guys? And we're back. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is a, another old episode. This will be the part two of the Jeff Holt series. This originally aired on March 8th, 2018 on our YouTube channel as, a, I guess, a video podcast, uh, sitting there, hanging out, talking uh, to each other kind of deal. This was our follow-up to the first one, where now Jeff is solely working on V-Twin Visionary and just kind of talking about what V-Twin Visionary is going to be at that time. It's a pretty cool listen. Check it out. Um, we're going to be recording a new, brand new, brand new episode this week with Mr. Jeff Holt to go over what has happened in the you know year-plus time of V-Twin Visionary. So check this one out. I hope you like it. Uh, tune in, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, what's up, everybody? Steve here with Speed Kings. We're back here with Jeff Holt doing another episode of Shooting the Shit, and uh, we're gonna go over a lot of new stitch. And we're going to go over a lot of new shit that has happened since our last episode. What's up, Jeff? How's it going, man? Good, man. Just uh, kind of uh, doing my thing, man. Yeah, yeah. So I know, like, on our, on our last episode with you, um, you know, since then, a lot of shit's changed with your life and what you're doing now and, and yeah. what you have going on. And, and uh, talk to us. Let's, uh, let's hear Basically, uh, myself and uh, Hot Bike and Street Chopper and Baggers have parted ways. Mm -hmm. um, the current climate of print media, as we know, is circling the drain. So uh, it kind of was uh, time for me to jump off. You know, we kind of parted ways. Yeah. Um, it's been good, you know, well, 10 years. It's kind of a rough time to kind of get yep. jettisoned or shit off the back and uh, figure your own way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's gotta be a little nerve wracking. It was a little daunting, but I mean, I've owned my own businesses before, bought and sold them, um, came up with my own industries before, so uh, in the bicycle industry. So I kind of was going that way anyways, um, doing some marketing with people, starting my own media circus, um, doing some PR for some people, uh, just kind of doing rad shit for rad people. Hell yeah, that's, that's, that's the best thing to be able to do. Yeah. So what do you got going on now? Um, like I said, I'm starting an entity and it's gonna be called V-Twin Visionary. Oh, cool. And it's more of a, it's not just a website or a thing, it's more of a culmination of writers, builders, fabricators, painters, and it kind of is more focused on their lives rather than the final product of the bike. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, kind of encapsulating the culture. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. You know, there's, there's really good sites for like cafe bikes and really good sites for you know, street bikes and this and that, but there's no real solid hub of activity for V-Twins. Yeah, yeah, the performance, the kind of performance-based right. scenario, yep, yep. So, I mean, as we know, the market's going that way. Yep. You're making a living out of the market going that way, and, um, you know, I definitely thought it would be a good time, and that's kind of how I was trying to steer the other brands I was working for as well, but, 
you know, it still got caught up with ape hangers and candy paint jobs and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, always trying to mix those things together to try to, to, to get a vast audience instead yeah, of just directed think, towards one. Right, and you know, trying to keep things, enthusiast media is a little hard these days for yep. a billion dollar year corporation such as the one I used to work for. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I know we have a, you know, we all constantly get phone calls at the shop asking about, you know, weird stuff for road glides and baggers and all this, and, I, and I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I honestly have no idea because I've never messed with those bikes. Right. And you know? I think it's really cool. You know, somebody like you is doing your thing for with performance. You know, Dale at, at MJK is doing his thing. Yeah. Sasha's doing his thing. You know, Brandon at Speed Merchant's doing his thing. And it, it just opens this house of cards that can't be toppled if everybody's doing that. It's such a legitimate thing that yeah. everybody's doing. It's so pure. Yeah. And I just want to kind of be a mirror of that to the rest of the cycling community you know yeah. now that's very cool so what what is your goals to do with this uh new project uh, you know it'll be of course all over social media um mm -hmm. i'm going to be having a couple events every year um i will have a print product um i'm deciding if it's going to be print on demand if it's going to be a bookazine or a hardcover book nice. or you know just a regular magazine but there will be a print product more of an annual cool um a buddy of mine in australia does a, an annual in the cycling industry uh -huh. and his is just beautiful and I'll probably kind of, you know, I've been going back and forth with him on that. So I think it'll be kind of a year in review every year. Something that somebody's going to want to keep. Gotcha. You know, yeah, either like on a their coffee table book. Yeah, either on their bookshelf yeah. or on their coffee table. That'd be awesome because I, I, I dig those coffee table books. Like yeah. something like sturdy, something that you can right. just pick up when you, you know, have it on there all the time and then be like, oh, shit, let's take a look at this right yeah. now. And it'll be evergreen, timeless content. It won't be, hey, you know, in May, this guy came out with this, you know, yeah. blah, 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 or this or that or the other, which is why people don't keep magazines and why people throw yep. magazines away because there's no evergreen content. I try to keep all the old Easy Riders because it's got all those titties in it. Of course. And, you know, Frank <laughs> Heisler is, you know, my mentor and God, and anything that guy did was the shit. Yeah, so. yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing that, and I'm also helping a lot of small American-owned companies out with uh, kind of their PR and their marketing and, and kind of getting them focused on their product line for the future, you know, nice. forecasting, things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, with going on forward with, like, the performance stuff and, and seeing that they're, you know, people aren't really as focused on it as they need to be with the market the way it's going. And um, I know myself and, and uh, Ryan Lockridge, we're recently putting together an event in September called Dyna Days. Yes. And uh, that's going to be something that we're really going to work on and really try to get some people uh, involved in this and and. and you know, we love for that you're going to be involved. Oh, yeah, in I'll it. be involved, emceeing it on yeah. the mic, uh, blabbing away. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's going to be a really cool thing. Yeah. You know, bring performance stuff to maybe an audience that is on the edge of that, that doesn't really know how vast that market is already. Yep. I think that's a really good thing. And, and keeping it focused more towards Dinah's because there's still, no matter what, even with the new Softail, that's still 99.9% .9 of the deal is Dyna's FXRs. Exactly, know? exactly. I mean, there's so many years of those bikes, it's never gonna go away, even though so many people got so mad at the new models. Um, well, I think we touched on that last time, yeah. but I mean, you got 30 plus years of bikes to still fuck with forever. Right. I mean, I mean, it's crazy everywhere I've gone, whether it's, you know, Japan, Malaysia, you know, Europe, um, it's been crazy to see that performance thing. Yep. You know, it used to be all just a mirror to whatever we were doing five years ago, but I think with the internet and social media, those guys are really stepping it up. Oh, for sure. Plus, those guys have 
performance bikes in other in other realms, you know, yep. whether it's a street bike or even performance scooters or anything like that. The Asian companies and the European companies already have had a bit more performance tastes than we do. Yeah, so we're sure. actually a little behind on that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think, especially like like you touch base with uh, in those other countries, because I've been seeing a lot of cool bikes coming out of those countries. Yeah, like it's going to be cool. Pretty fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be going to Malaysia again this year, Japan this year. I'm going to try and get to Australia as well um, in probably December when it's nice. the hottest there, of course. Yeah. Um, and just really, I'm going to be moving around a lot with this V twin visionary thing and uh, doing a. a cross-country tour as well, meeting builders yeah. and cool bike shops and things like that. So, I mean, I'll definitely have the temperature of what's going down yep, yep, all over sure. the world by the end of this year. It's wow. going to be cool. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm very looking forward to that. Be being able to see things from other countries in more detail than just like Instagram and stuff, I think will be a very key component to this. And I really want to get the builders, you know, who they are, their aspects of how, why the builds came together that way or... You know, just seeing these guys' shops has been insane, too. Like, some of these shops are beautiful, state-of-the-art shops, and other ones are just shacks. Yep. So, I yep. mean, it's really... And you see some of the nicest bikes come out of these tiny little shacks. Yep, for sure. So, with all this performance talk and everything, you know, um, what do you got right now that you're working on that's, uh, you know, your focus of builds right now? Uh, the main focus is still the Milwaukee 8 FXR. Oh, that's right. Um, it's still my bike even though hot bike still, it's a, it was a hot bike project. So gotcha. we're gonna finish that as a hot bike project. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working with uh, Danny Wilson, Motorwitch, mm -hmm. working with the guys at FX R Division. Um, it's gonna have race tech suspension, uh, Jade affiliated wheels. And then the main focus is just getting that Milwaukee 8 fit in there. Yeah, now have you been there when they're trying to kind of mock that up? Yes. How is the size difference compared to an Evo? Uh, it's different. It's wi a lot it's wider, a lot, right? It's a lot wider yeah, yeah. and um, Definitely with the top oiling system that the Milwaukee 8 has, uh -huh. you have to definitely cut way up into that backbone. Oh, wow. um, Danny says he might not be using that with the system he's coming up with for the motor, gotcha. uh, where he'll, he's going to be using some sort of different valves and things like that. I mean, that guy's crazy. So yeah, mad scientist. Be, super mad scientist. Yeah. Um, and of course, the bike has to be together by Born Free. Oh, that's coming up quick now. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're really figuring it to be a monumental build in a short period of time. Nice. Um, Schultz has signed on to paint it. So, I mean, it's just a matter of getting everything done. But I know that Justin at Torch is finishing the frame now. So yeah. Danny will be getting it back together and get it running and then blow it all apart and have it painted. Nice. And then... Um, I think the best builds come out with the, when they have pressure like this, though. I agree. You know, I mean, if you have no pressure on a build, then it's like, well, you know, eh, you're just kind of... Right you know, doing your thing. But if you have pressure on the build, it's like, man, that's when the best ideas come out and you gotta make shit happen. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, is I have another build that's due by Sturgis as well. Oh, um, nice. I was invited to the Michael Lichter show personally, and it's a personal build. Like, luckily, you know, I, I know all these great guys that help me with these builds, but this one's gonna be me. Um, and I'm starting with a 2012 Road Glide. Nice. And uh, Chris Eater at, Eater at uh, Epic Moto Company is gonna send me one of their tracker kits for it. Nice. And it's super lightweight kit, um, gonna be doing all sorts of crazy shit. It's gonna be running 49 millimeter late model bagger trees with 49 millimeter uh, Dyna forks with uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. So this bike will be pretty nuts too. Yeah. And it'll be uh, on display the full time at Sturgis at the Buffalo Chip. Nice, hell yeah. Yeah. 
That's then you got a, you got a, a little bit of a full plate. Full plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, we're continuing our build on our 2018 uh, bike right now. We just got some pictures in of our prototype shock mm -hmm. the, um, that Russ Wiedemont Designs and Walker Evans Racing did together. Um, pretty excited about that. Um, we plan to do an aluminum swing arm from Speed Merchant and then a polished gigacycle front end on it. The bike's gonna be so bad. I'm pretty excited. I'm still um, I'm still split on what fairings and stuff to run. Um, I have a, a, a passion for the FXRT fairings. Yes. I mean, I just love them. So I'm trying not to build the same bike as to my Dyna, but. I love T fairings too, but man, they cover up so much real estate they on the bike. They do, also. Mean, especially, you know, you're trying to sling those unicycle forks and it's hard when half of it's it covered is. up. It is, know? especially the, the, the money shot's gonna be covered. <laughs> yeah. I know, I mean, on the on the daily Dyna, you know, I have, I have a T-Sport fairing and it covers up like almost that whole ODC front end. And, yeah. you know, Will at ODC is always like, oh man, can we get some more shots of that? Fork and right. Like, well, you know. Oh. Yep, yep. <laughs> I can't go fairingless. I have uh, recently found out that I'm a big uh, wuss when it comes to going 90 miles an hour without a fairing. <laughs> I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Fairing and Mr. Full Face. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I'm Mr. Covered Up now. Yeah. It used to be, you know, ape hangers and a peanut helmet that was flying off the back of your head, dude. Yep. Bugs in the teeth. And, right. You know, your tears going back, man. Now I can't even. I can't even go 20 miles an hour without a full face. Yeah, um, speaking of, I got a funny story. When I uh, riding in a three-quarter helmet one day, I really learned quickly never ride behind a horse trailer. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know if I got to explain that one, but no. you can imagine. <laughs> oh, man. I remember riding to Sturgis once, and I had just a peanut helmet on, man, like the full tiny little one, man. And, and we were just bombing. I was on my shovel head. Just bombing, man. And we just kept going and going and going and going and going. And, man, I ended up, at the end of two days, getting, I would say, thumb-sized just welts on my face. Oh. And some of them were windburn, some of it was sunburn. And I was like, man, after that, I, I'm not, yep. not even dealing with that. With this beautiful face, how can I do that? <laughs> you can't mess up the money maker. Oh, man, damn. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. But just drinking the whole fucking time, not even caring. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pull off to the side of the road. That's what's great about being young and riding motorcycles. Man. Yep. Not having an old lady or a wife or kids, dude. You know, you stop at everything, undo a bottle, drink it, drink a tall boy, and get back on the bike after you're... Peanut tanks full, you know. Yep, yep. Those days are long gone. Go another me, 65 man. miles. Yeah, those days are long gone. <laughs> man, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna take the bagger this time. Oh yeah, I'm already <laughs> there, man. I can't. It's it's. I rode the 2018 for a while without a fairing, and at 90, I just feel like I'm getting yanked off the damn bike. Yeah, I mean, uh, we I got the saddleman seat on it now, so that definitely helps oh, keep yeah, me keeps locked, locked in. in. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, just like fuck. Yeah. I forgot what it's like to ride without a fairing. No, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. It man. really Especially is. Especially been riding a T, you know, I've been riding a T fairing, and it's got you know, 18-inch wheel sh windshield on it. It looks like a cop, you know, I'm like. Yep. Yeah. Tucked it's back amazing, behind there, yeah. checking your emails, oh, reading a book. <laughs> this year we rode to Sturgis. I rode to Sturgis on that on that Indian man, and it had an adjustable. Oh yeah, I've seen those on the Chieftain. Oh, it was so awesome! Yeah, man. it was like the Roadmaster is what I rode, and it would just. But it was funny when it get rainy, you'd lower the windshield just to the point where you put pop your shield up, and you'd had one inch that you could see. Oh shit! And I mean, that was like bliss. You know, because every time you ride to Sturgis, it rains half the way, oh, or, yeah. or it's 90 degrees. So um, that adjustable windshield is pretty rad. So yeah. that's the old man tip of the uh, day: is uh, adjustable windshield. <laughs> if you want to ride, if you want to ride miles and, and be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I still give, uh, I mean, I give mad props to those guys. They're still traveling around on like old choppers like and going to Billy, off. man. Yo. That dude crosses the country. Uh, every year, right? Yeah, all over, man. That's on, crazy. On that panhead, man. And you, you see that thing and you're like, how's that fucking thing even go a mile? Right? Yeah. But he knows every single part of that bike, man, and has rebuilt every single that part multiple times that's crazy you know there's still some old real bikers out there but they ain't me no yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's for damn sure <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> as we both drove here in our cars <laughs> yeah you know i almost i almost pulled the bike out of the van <laughs> i have a bicycle in my truck so that's kind of 50 50. yeah yeah that's true yeah you could <laughs> i'm gonna go hit some dirt jumps after this well, well, well you can sit on the back of the bike and we'll just drive your truck for you <laughs> yeah i mean I, i've had my share of old bikes my first uh, harley was a 69 ironhead that i bought Pretty much bone stock and built a chopper out of it, like David Bird bolt-on, mm -hmm. hardtail, you know, always on lowbrow customs every night. Yep. Like, oh, fuck, I hope I have enough money this paycheck to buy this fucking part, I need that you know? oil bag. Yeah, fuck, man, you know? But, man, that bike was super fun and, um, you know, had a blast on it. And I've had a few old bikes since then with the, you know, you, all, you always have those stories of breaking down and oh, yeah. getting fucked. You know, what's your, what's your favorite story? Um, we, I ended up taking my, I had a 76 shovel head, FLH is just a bastard, you know, stolen parts, these parts, that parts, you know, just whatever I could buy at swap meets and my, my uncle helped me, or my buddy's uncle helped me put it together and we were just fucking riding around aimless, went to southern Utah, just my, my, my grandparents are buried in Cedar City and we're like, oh, you know, let's just go Cedar City. There's this, in downtown Cedar City, there's this gigantic geisha girl neon sign. And that was kind of the deal. I told these guys about it. And this was pre, you know, cell phone, internet, yeah, yeah. shit. And we ended up just riding out there to see it. And, you know, get out there. Everything's fine. Spend the night just in some dirt lot. And then next morning, bike would not kick over. Bike would not start. We checked everything. Yep. You know, it's always one of three things. Checked yep. all the three things. And. Couldn't figure it out. Ended up, you know, the hidden wire to the ground. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we found, chased that wire, fixed it. We got exactly two miles, and my buddy's bike breaks down. Nice. Same scenario. Just ghosted it. Wow. His was, of course, stator. Yeah, yeah. Just destroyed in there. Um, no joke. Didn't even make it to the Arizona border. And the third guy's bike broke. Damn. And... It was pretty much, you know, three dudes on three shitty bikes, and all the good luck we had riding together all the time was up. Yeah, he used all that good luck on the all way there. All that good luck was just <laughs> fucking gone. Yeah. And it ended up being, you know, the worst time we were having it. Like, you know, the, the two guys got in a fist fight over <laughs> the third bike, and it was 90 <laughs> degrees out, and... You know, it was it was fucking Utah, so you had three, two beer only, so everybody had its stomach aches instead of a buzz, <laughs> and it was just fucking sweating and fucking. Finally, you know, everything leveled out. We ended up getting to Nevada, Mesquite, Nevada, and fucking drinking a ton, and the bikes worked, and ended up going to the casino and blowing all the money we rested we had, and then my homeboy won twelve hundred bucks. Nice. And we ended up fucking having a great time from there. But yeah. I mean, that's kind of the highs and lows of it, really getting out on a on a vintage bike. It and, definitely is. And getting it going. Yeah, I, I don't have those uh, those big long journeys like that on them, but I do have quite a bit of journeys on some vintage bikes. And 
you know, they always would start out rough, but you know, as long as you made it home, it was always a fucking blast, man. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, like my first show, my first FXR was a shovel head, dude, and I had that thing for like eight months, and that was it for me. Yep, yep. I had to get an Evo one. It was just like every time that bike was just had so many ghosts in the machine, and yeah. I, I hated that bike. But, yep, you know, it's a love hate though. Yeah, I've had a shovel head that I absolutely hated to love. Yeah. You know, it was fun. We had a good, I mean, I remember we took that bike out to, um, to Hazard County. We rode it out there to Santa Barbara, camped out for the night in the same scenario next morning. That fucker would not start. Sitting there, we must have got kicked over 250 times. And all of a sudden, finally, it fires up. And then it jammed us all the way home, like 80 miles an hour, nonstop, you know, fighting the wind, riding sideways, you know? You do, man. And it's like, just, it's like, wow, it made it all the way home without any issues, well, you know? It's nuts. Man. Yeah, the gremlins, man, but yeah, there's... There's times where that's so much fun and so cool and part of why you own that and yep. there's other times man you just want to get on the bike push that button and go yep yep exactly you, know, you don't even want to prime a car you don't want to do shit no. you know you just like you know that throttle body and all that other shit is magic yep and i mean that's that's what's really cool for you know guys of any age you yep. know you can have an old piece of shit that's that's not dependable and you can have a brand new bike that's just as cool yep. to a lot of people that you can just push button and go. it is it is definitely like when i um when I got rid of my last kick bike and got, you know, the, the Dyna and pushed the button. I mean, that, and my Dyna's never been on the side of the road. Somehow, you know. <laughs> but it's never left me on the side of the road. And, and I mean, fuck, you know. That, that says a lot because, I mean, I've done a lot of miles on that bike. And, you know, that one's taken me to Mexico and all over okay. the place. And it fucking always comes back home in one piece and not on the, you know. Besides the damage I've personally, you know, done by putting it in ditches and shit. But that's my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we've done a lot of trips on the old bikes. We've done a lot of trips on the new bikes. Um, you know, I personally love camping. I love uh, going places. I love, you know, hanging out with people, you know, um, doing events like Hazard County, um, the Crick Out, you know, things like that. Um, what's been like some of your mem most memorable favorite event trips? Oh man, there's so much. And, and you know, traveling as an editor too, I, I got, you know, invited to different shows, but in between these shows, you know, the, the guys of these countries or states or places always like, hey man, we got an extra bike for you. Yeah. You wanna go for this ride? And it, that's always really cool for me. I mean, whether it's, you know, a standard ride for me, like, you know, Tennessee is probably one of the best places you can ride. Yeah. I mean, by and large, you got, you know, the Blue Ridge Parkway, you've got, Tale of the Dragon, I mean, these crazy monumental riding places yeah. that, you know, there's no other like that. Um, that's a really good place. I mean, in the United States, I one of my other favorite places is Southern Utah, you know, just riding around there and, and just, you know, Green River or Moab or all that stuff, you know, that, that, that landscape and the roads are always really nice. Even Southern Colorado, those are pretty two pretty good things you yeah know, i've ridden in canada a bunch mexico with you a couple yeah. times and you know those are really cool places if you're just out by yourself or with a couple of friends or yeah. whatever but you know kind of some memorable things with uh chopper dave and i were in malaysia this year and uh for the show and uh it's super crazy man like chopper dave and i show up these dudes are like, you can ride the Sporty Jeff. And, and Chopper Dave was on a Ducati Scrambler that was all modified. Both bikes were pretty cool looking. Uh, a place called Beautiful Machines did both bikes. And uh, we're in Malaysia with like 20 people, whether some guys on some baggers, some dudes on these crazy bikes, and some guys just on some little 
Asian chopper things. Uh-huh. And so we pull up and, and we're talking to the guys and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go up to this hill up here, this mountain pass up here. And we're like, cool. And he's like, well, be cool and stay behind the cops. And then at a certain point, they'll wave you past them. I'm like, what? And Dave and I are looking at each other like, what the hell? Yeah. So we, the cops weren't even there yet. So all of a sudden, three cops show up on motorbikes, BMWs, super nice ones. Two guys in the front, a guy in the back, and all of us in the middle. Dave and I, you know, we like to ride. We like yeah. to get down. Yeah. So, like, and we're both on nice bikes for doing canyon carving and all the other stuff. His, his Ducati's a little little better for it than mine. Yeah, yeah. My sure. tire had, like, or mine had some crazy, you know, chunky tires on it. And it was so badass because it, what they told us was true. Like, we get, you know, they, they're blocking traffic, getting all the slow things out of the way. And it's a two-lane highway. Huh. One up, one back, yellow stripe in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's tiny. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the cops just, and the dude just goes, and Dave, I look at Dave, Dave looks at me, and kick that fucker down and jam. And we were flying. It was so fucking amazing. What the fuck? Like, the cops, you know, the one dude was way ahead, pulling over, you know, tractor trailers. Wow. For us to just jam up this hill, went up to the top, hung out, ate some amazing food in some crazy little shack. And then rode down the same way. No way. It was it was the most amazing ride I've ever done. In my life. Wow, what a yeah. trip. All the people from Art of Speed Malaysia, man, like they are the sweetest, kindest, nicest people, man. And you know, it's that country is cool, the food is great, the people are great, and I mean I I you need to get there sometime. Yeah, man. for sure. Now, you know, what we were talking about, and and I know that you are a big foodie. Yeah, man. You know, you know. I'm just um, a fat pig. I wouldn't call myself a foodie. <laughs> I, I'll eat junk. I'll eat anything, yeah. man. And I and I one of my favorite things about like your Instagram and your traveling is all the food and and primarily snacks because I love snacks. I think we bonded over that before we, we really even knew each other. We pretty much did. Like I the brotherhood you and I share now <laughs> was bonded over shitty junk food. Yep, yep. Because um, I know I when I find something that's I'm like, what in the fuck? You I got to send the craziest <laughs> fucking things. I was like, what the hell is this? Where did you get it? How can I get it? You know, and you're like, I already got you one. I'll mail yeah. it to you. And oddly enough, I don't even really leave Southern California. <laughs> it's just you gotta have the eye. Like people, even you know, my girlfriend Maggie and, and other people are like, hey, where do you find this shit? I was like, at fucking Ralph's. Yeah, man. at the craziest place. Yeah, like, I mean, and that place you wouldn't expect. Right. Like I mean, I was finding those Guinness chips for a while. Those were oh. those steak ones were so amazing. They were so good. Every time I go there, I'd buy a bag and just get drunk and eat the Guinness chips. <laughs> <laughs> With Coors. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, fuck Guinness. Yeah. Guinness chips and some Coors. Exactly. Um, what has been like your favorite, I guess, country place to go and find some, uh, you oh, know, weird that, snacks? That's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I hate to keep going back to Malaysia, man, but uh, Dave and I flew in to Malaysia and we got there at like 7.30 p.m. And it was a Sunday or a Monday night. And you got to remember, um, uh, Malaysia is a... a you know, it's a fairly religious country. So a lot of stuff's not open late. Yeah, yeah. And there was one restaurant that was open late. The guy's like, yeah, it's down there. It's blah, 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 and food. And I was like, okay. He didn't say halal or anything, but I was like, okay. So we go there. Nobody speaks English. Nice. It's three in the morning. And it looks, there's just chunks of meat in different color sauces. Oh. 
And Dave and I are like, is it a rat? Is it a bat? Is it yeah. like an orangutan? You know, what the fuck is it? And we just started poke like, give us that, 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 and that, and that stuff was bomb. Yeah. You know, but that was like really well-prepared food. I mean, as far as junk food for me, there's no better place than Japan. Yeah. Because on the, there's every corner in Japan, no matter where you go, there's convenience stores. Nice. There's even 7-Elevens there now and Circle Ks. So you go into them, there's one called the Daily Yamazaki. And it's actually on the corner right where you walk into the Moon Eye Show. And what's cool about Japan and their convention centers is they're not like the ones here where you gotta walk in like and buy $18 beers and, and whatever shitty nachos they have. Yeah, they don't yeah. do concessions there. There is machines outside mm. or the Daily Yamazaki and then upstairs from there is 7-Eleven. So literally you walk through the store to get to the show. Nice. And it's all regular price. Hell yeah. And they have, they have all sorts of things. Like you can literally get like an octopus arm on a stick in broth that you just pull out and give them money and eat it. And then, you know, there's all these buns and there's all sorts of crazy street meat there in the store, like yakitori stuff. And then the bag of chips, the chips they have for me, I'm a chip guy, Yeah, are amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, as far as junk food in Japan is number one. Damn. Yeah, I've never had the, uh, I guess I've never been fortunate enough to leave the country besides Mexico. So, is that because the law won't let you? No, I got past that. It's just uh, <laughs> now it's just <laughs> taking time to do it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think you and your position working so hard getting that company up and off the ground, now you yep. can take a little time. You, yep, know, you yep. and the missus need to travel a little bit. For and, sure, yeah. I'm actually, I plan maybe to this year to, um, I've never been to the East Coast either, so this year I am planning to go to the Buffalo Shuffle yep. um, out in New York. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got a bike waiting for me out there, and I, I, I'm going to do my best to head out there in August. And, uh, cool. Yeah, go eat do some ride, weird food. Eat some weird food and, and try out the East Coast for a minute, you know, and uh, see some people I don't get to see. And I mean, if you're in New York, man, and, you know, in and around New York, I mean, you definitely got to go into New York City. Yeah, I would definitely want to go. And you got to get Brooklyn pizza, man. I mean, there's nothing in this world like Brooklyn pizza. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. Even you can get some hipster pie and it's good, but if you get, you know, some of the Al's Famous or Famous Ray's or fam whatever, man, like, that pizza will change your life. I like the sound of that. Like, it'll fucking change your life. <laughs> to the point where, like, you get a slice of grandma's and it's thick, it's a square, you know, it's not like your standard big pizza. Dude, I crave that shit. Like, I wake up and crave it like crack and it's, you know, half a continent away and there's no place you can get it in California. Damn, I don't know. Now so, I don't I mean, know if I want to try that. It'll ruin you. It'll <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to do just one day flights to Brooklyn for a slice of pizza. And I'm like calling up Aaron at First Manufacturing. Hey, bro, can you next day air me some next pizza? <laughs> get some dry ice and ship yeah, it just over. fucking throw it in there. Um, no, but I mean, the food thing and the travel thing, I mean, that's why I do this. Yeah, you yeah. know, I love motorcycles and I love motorcycle builders, fabricators, painters. I love all the people in that community. Yep. But it's kind of, you know, that is my job. My job is everybody else's fun. Yep. So like, I need to find other things to, as an escape and the travel, the travel times, the food, the fun I have, you know, not talking about motorcycles, talking about punk rock, yep. talking about, you know, all that other shit is what makes my job and what I do fun. Hell yeah. Yep, no, I, I definitely uh, agree with that. M motorcycles can definitely encapsulate your life. 
I mean, I, I live, eat, breathe this shit, but yeah. it was definitely fun to get away and, and not think about them sometimes, you know? Yeah. Just uh, decompress so you can get ready for the next week. Right, <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm all about that. Well, I know you got kids and a, and, a, and a wife, man, and, you know, I got old lady and kid, and, and it takes a lot to be able to do work and family yep. and fun, and, you know, you got to stack all that shit on top of each other and yep. make sure everybody gets their equal peer hopefully make sure everybody gets their equal piece of the love of yep, the exactly. steve pie you yeah know? exactly so, i mean it's i know it's a hard thing to achieve man but it, it's like i say every time i see you man i'm really proud of what you do appreciate that i'm really I, i'm really stoked to see how all the shit's coming together for you and all the people you know online and all the companies you work with just all that shit dude like it takes a lot of hard work dude yep. and a lot of people don't understand what that takes that have regular day jobs, nah. nine to fivers. Yeah, for sure. You know, I know their jobs suck. I know their jobs are hard. But man, when you try and fashion something from the ground up that's your own, it's an it's an impossible task. Yep. And for you to get to any level of success with it is, I mean, it's just, that's its own reward. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You gotta love what you do, man. And yeah. I, I love what I do. Yeah, me too. I'm very fortunate. And this new leaf of my life, man, at, 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 I'll be 50 this year is, uh, it's a really cool thing for me to do, you know. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust my ass to make it happen. Yep, that's all you can do, man. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, Jeff, man. I, I appreciate you coming on the show again. And, Anytime, and, uh, you know, I love you, man. Yep, for but, sure. You know, the feelings cool definitely thing. mutual, man. And we'll be doing uh, more stuff together here shortly. Definitely. Right on. Thanks, brother.